Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce fall away at the horn. It's gone. and Gortat. can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. Harden gets Bradley for three. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another edition of Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I am Becca, also known as at Becca MVP, and tonight my co-host Ian at the real Ian underscore E is with me tonight. <laughs> I finally got it right. How Nailed are you? <laughs> How are you tonight, Ian? Doing good. Doing good, Becca. It's been a while. It's been a while. So I'm ready to... It's been a while. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I'm so keeping that in the podcast. Yeah, no, do not edit um, that out. No way. I just wanted to take the time to discuss with you the Wizards 2018-2019 schedule, which came out yesterday. And there's a lot to be said about the schedule. Most importantly, I think the first thing that we should note is that we are on national TV eight times this season. However, last season we were on national TV 28 times. So it's it's different. It's definitely... Um, yeah, a lot of that's, you know... I mean, I know a lot of people have mentioned it. A lot of that's just due to expectation, right? Like last year, going into the season after the Game 7 with Boston... You know, John Wall's the second best player in the East. Bradley Beal's the next Ray Allen. Dwayne Wade hybrid. Otto Porter's the best three-point shooter in the league, et cetera, et cetera. It was just like expectations were through the roof for this team going into last year, and I think that had to do with the national TV games. The last season, this previous season, was kind of a nightmare um, as far as just being a letdown and a bummer. So I think, you know, that'll get you, that'll get you half the games. Less than half. Yeah, less than half. This is 20 less games than we had last season. But we can't really be mad about that, like you said, due to the fact that we barely made the playoffs. So, yeah, that's... they play better. I mean, they play better when they are under. I mean, I know we'll talk more about this, but when they are considered underdogs, it's typically better for the team anyway. So, hopefully, people kind of not taking them for real is a good thing. I'm with you, and we do play the Celtics twice on national television, so I think we should definitely showcase our talents on those days in particular. We always play them well. Especially on Christmas, which we do not have a Christmas game this season, but once again, we can't really be mad at that. Yeah. We'll always have that memory of them destroying the Celtics at the Garden on Christmas. I that guess was great. That, that's I loved, something. I love the game that was against New York a couple seasons ago where John Wall's like, Merry Christmas, little man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was talking to Isaiah Thomas in the stands, probably. And speaking of the Knicks, 
That was so funny. Like, he's so crazy. I love it. Speaking of the Knicks, we are playing them January 17th, and we are hosting them in London. Oh, that's man. exciting. Yeah, that's going to be cool. God, that'd be a heck of a game to go to, wouldn't it? I would love to go. I've been begging my dad for, like, the last few weeks, like, please, like, let's go to the game. Let's go to the London game. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. And are you crazy? <laughs> Money doesn't grow on trees, Becca. I know. <laughs> but it's just funny because, you know, I'm so pressed to, like, see them in London because I believe we did play a preseason game in London. I want to say, what was it, 2013? Yeah, but I remember that. that was preseason. That was not a regular season game. So this is this is big time, Ian. This is big time. Yeah, I like how they're classifying it as a quote unquote home game, and it's like, no, it's not. Right, like Stop. it's Stop it. a home game for who? Like they both have to travel. So yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. And something that a lot of people have been buzzing on Twitter about is that opening. After the opening of the two games at home versus the Heat and the Raptors, we're going to go on a five straight trip out west. So yeah, that's uh, which is kind of frustrating on one hand because it's kind of like that's setting the tone of the season, but on the other hand, it might be good to get it over with, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd rather have it early than late when it comes to a road trip on the West Coast. Who who are they playing in that trip again? So it starts off, all these games are like two days after each other. So um, October 22nd, they're playing the Trail Blazers. October 24th, they'll be in Golden State. October 26th, they'll be in Sacramento. October 28th, they'll be at the Clippers. And then October 30th, they'll end their road trip with the Grizzlies. So don't you think that how they perform on that road trip is going to be a decent indicator of what the season's going to be like because like this not there's aside from golden state there's absolutely zero juggernauts you're not playing like amazing basketball teams even within the western conference you're playing again outside of golden state you're playing teams that are going to be rebuilding or like have young players and those organizations are still going to be tanking you look at the clippers they're not trying to win next year the grizzlies the grizzlies aren't trying to win next year they're trying to trot out Jaron Jackson and develop him and have him play like 36 minutes a night. I don't, I guess, I guess from my point of view, there is zero reason they shouldn't go like four and one on that trip. But if instead they go one and four or two and three, I think that could be kind of a taste of, what will be to come as the season progresses and maybe we'll be in for another kind of disappointing season of losing to teams that the Wizards should beat on paper because of how talented they are but you know I don't do you agree with that assessment though even though it's it's really early in the year it's kind of harsh to judge a team that soon um well I think a road trip out west so early in the season I think there's a lot to be said about that because it is going to be difficult but now that the team has kind of rewired itself in a chemistry way, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And on paper, like you said, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't go four and one. But my expectations out of this road trip, I think I can see them going three and two. And if that's how it pans out, I'll be okay with that because 
you know, yeah. going out west for this team has never been great in the past. So hopefully they can get it together. Like I would accept a three two. Like I'd be completely fine with that. Yeah, three and two on a five game western road trip. I mean, you take that pretty much every time as long as they're winning at home. But it's I don't know. I th- I think it, it it's worth noting too that this is a team who's had slow starts in the past, like two seasons previously where it looked like the team was just going to be terrible, and then they went on that massive home game-winning streak. Um, so again, like early in the season, really hard to judge a team when it's that early. But I am going to be, like out of all the games in the schedule that was released and all the stretches of the schedule, I think that's the most intriguing one to me because if the Wizards get off to a hot start, then I think a lot of people are going to start talking about the team. I think you're right, and especially with all the talk, you know, now that they have Dwight Howard and we've kind of rewired our bench, it's just going to be like, it's truly going to be a test. And this is the longest road trip out west, and they do have one in March, but it is not, you know, it's only four games, and they'll play the Lakers and the Suns back-to-back. And, you know, those okay. those games, I mean, the Lakers might be a little problem now that we have um, Mr. LeBron on the team, but it, it doesn't look that intimidating. The real, the real test is going to be right when the season starts. And yeah. I think momentum is everything for this team, and it's important for them to build confidence early. And I don't know how well they will do on this road trip, but, I mean, I can totally, like you said before and like I said, I can totally see them winning all of those games except for the Warriors because you know the Warriors. I mean, you look at their schedule. It is not outside the realm of possibility that the Wizards start the season. And this is probably peak Wizards, like, positivity from a hypothetical standpoint. They could start the season 8-2, and two, and if, if that happens, I think people are going to be freaking out. <laughs> They're going to be freaking out over this team. Um, I know you probably, you know, you've heard me and Arthur record and talk on previous episodes. The How high do you think the ceiling is for this team, realistically? Because you, I'm on record, and so is Arthur. The ceiling for this team, in my opinion, is a lot higher than people realize. But it's all going to come down to if they just play up to their talent. Because the talent's in, the talent's crazy when you look at this team. I am with you there, and I think a problem for us last season, as you know, was the Wizards would just play down to their competition. You know, if they're against the Hornets, they don't put in the same effort as they do against the Warriors. And I think for them to thrive this season, we know they can, but it's up to them to put you know, their heart and soul on the court every single night. It can't just be, you know, whenever they know that they're the underdog. It has to be consistent, and that's really the key. It's just consistency. So, yeah, we'll see if they can do it. And finally, and it's been it's been a while. There's not been consistency here for a while, so. That pretty much sums up the schedule. I think we have 15 games that are back-to-back, which is a little higher than the NBA league average, but... Overall, the schedule just seems like it's pretty average. There's not really anything that sticks out to me except for the road trip out west. That seems like a struggle. 
We do play the Celtics three times this season, two of them in Washington, so that will be good for us because I know we can struggle to play at the Garden, and they look pretty spread out. I know we play them December 12th in Washington, March 1st in Boston, and April 9th in Washington. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on those games. It's always fun, you know. I I think it's two teams where they kind of – I know it's a different squad in Boston now, but they still kind of don't like the Wizards, and I know the Wizards don't like them. So it always makes it fun. A nice little friendly competition. (laughs) But um, they also play the Raptors four times this season, and they split the games two at home and two away. And they're also pretty spread out, so I guess it's good for us. So we'll keep track of the Raptors and see how they match up against us as the season goes on because their team is developing as well now that Leonard's there and DeRozan is gone. So that's pretty much it for the um, schedule. Do you have any final thoughts on the schedule? I mean, what do you think about this? No, like you said, it seems like a pretty average schedule. I think uh, it it's kind of on the tougher side, I think, just because – there's slightly more back-to-backs than average, uh, but nothing crazy. Some of the some of the road trips aren't too insane. I remember there's some really crazy ones last season. So uh, no, kind of kind of agree with you as far as it just being an it's an it's an okay schedule. It's not going to be super easy. I don't think there's any stretches where they're going to inflate their win total or or um, have like a death lineup of games. So all in all, just it's a schedule. It's a schedule, all right. (laughs) Well, you know the season has not start yet, but we all know that our point guard has a lot to say considering the season. And when we come back from break, we will give you a update on what John Wall has to say about the competition in the East and how he feels his ranking goes as far as being a top five point guard. We will be back shortly. Hey, Wizards fans, thank you once again for joining us on this episode of Locked on Wizards, part of the Locked on Network. And it is me, Becca, and I'm here with my co-host, Ian, and we have just finished discussing the Wizards schedule, and we have come to the conclusion that it's an average schedule, and there's not much to be said about it. It's going to be tough, but there's no part of it that seems very difficult except for the initial west road trip swing that's pretty much it as far as that goes Ian, something that really bothered me last season was what the wizards did as far as their trash talk and what i mean by that is they wouldn't let the game speak for itself they would just they're quick to say how they feel as far as their egos go and they would never almost hardly ever back their trash talk up and yeah they just I just wish they would shut up sometimes. <laughs> it's it's difficult because, you know, the media does push you to say things, but I think they should know by now that it's not something that is going to end up well for us. And I think John Wall had said a couple weeks ago that they're done talking and they're just ready to prove themselves. And a couple weeks later, I think he has changed his mind because he came out with um, an interview with Michael Lee of Yahoo Sports discussing how he believes that the Washington Wizards are ready to be labeled elite in the East now that LeBron James has left to play with the Los Angeles Lakers. He explained to him, I feel we're all equal. 
None of them won a championship, referring to Celtics and the Raptors. This is no knock on no other team. Don't get me wrong. Boston is a hell of a team. Philly has great young talent with Embiid and Simmons. And Toronto may have lost to Rosen, but they acquired Leonard. Y'all might have been to the Eastern Conference Finals, where we haven't been to, but none of y'all were going to the finals. I know one guy who was going to the finals. Ain't nobody separated from nothing. I know that one guy separated himself from the Eastern Conference every year, and that was LeBron James and the Cavs. Other than that, you lose in the second round or the conference finals. You still didn't get to your ultimate goal. Wow. What do you what do you think about all this, Ian? Uh, I'm rolling my ass out. <laughs> it's just not, you know, this is not what I expected to hear a couple weeks after they said they weren't going to say another word. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and I mean, to clarify... Yes, the, a lot of the time, writers and fans, they take this stuff and they blow it out of proportion and they try to take a negative spin on things. But, I, but, but and, and we love John Wall and, and, and people, journalists in this area and fans in this area love John Wall because he's so genuine and he's always just himself. And he's one of the few guys who answers questions truthfully. He's not full of, he's not full of crap. He doesn't BS anything. And I, he's very transparent, and I think that makes him relatable and likable um, to people in this area. I think other people and other fans from other parts of the country probably dislike him for that reason, because they like to they like to see the negative aspects of the comments he makes. Here's the thing, though: John Wall should know this by now. He's been here before. He knows he's going to say something. And there's going to be a negative spin on it. I think something that you could kind of use against him in this instance is that it was unprompted. No one really asked him what he thought. Like, he kind of just went into this tirade and went on this rant, The you know, the quote that you just read. He, I, I think when you look at, like we mentioned, when you look at the roster, no one's going to question the talent on this team. No one's ever questioned in this John Wall era, especially since Otto Porter kind of ascended and like arrived. No one has even for a single second questioned the Wizards' talent. That's never been a question. It's when are they finally going to put it all together and be as good as we all expect them to be? Because everyone expects them. And this is this is kind of what I would say. Everyone expect and has been waiting for them to be as good as John Wall and Bradley Beal always talk about them being but they're never that good they're always a little bit just not quite as good as that or they're way less good than that they're like super disappointing I wish for once like two like you said two weeks ago he was like yeah we're not talking we're not gonna talk a bunch of trash this year we're just gonna perform let our play do the talking and then he comes out and he says this nonsense. I wish he would just stick to the plan and just shut up, you know? Not the, not the whole, like, shut up and dribble thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there comes a certain point where this team, for years now, thinks they are so much better than they actually are. And it's because of their talent. They are otherworldly talented. When you l- look at the starting five of this team, especially this especially this year. Anytime three of your players in the starting lineup are John Wall, 
Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter, you should be really, really good every single season. And for this team, that has not been the case. So until they prove it, it's not we're, we're not at a point anymore. It's not worth bringing it up in a discussion. It's just not worth you saying just have that. You do it. Just let the game speak for itself. And, you know, I think... I know Wall should not have said what he said. I do agree, though, that he's right because he did also speak about how Leonard will fit in the Raptors. You know, we don't know how that's going to pan out or how Kyrie and Hayward will mesh together. And I think he's right. And the only thing I'd like to mention is that the Celtics, Sixers, and the Raptors have all won over 52 games last season. So I don't think that we're in a position to be saying things like that because these teams, they haven't arrived, arrived, but, you know, they've shown what they're capable of. We have not done that, like you said. and Not, not recently. Not no, recent. Def- last season. Recency bias, but recent think- Recently, you know, there was high expectations for this team last season and we just did not perform on the level that – you know, like you had stated, uh, that everyone assumed that we were going to perform. And I think he's somewhat right in a sense that the consistency over the years with LeBron James being a Wizards killer, you know, he, he isn't knocking on the Raptors or Celtics, but he's just explaining that one of the main obstacles was LeBron for us. But to me, I don't, I don't see that, you know, I don't see that as an excuse because it's like, we should be talented no matter who, what opponent, you know, we should at least bring a level of competition that they have not demonstrated at least last season. And we saw flashes of it the season before, but it's just, it's gotten to the point where we cannot keep going like this, you know, it's time for them to just zip it, keep it on mute, keep it cute, keep it on mute and just keep moving you know what i mean it's just yeah no i mean this is the season it's like you they need to put up or shut up and this might be the last it's possible this could be the last chance that we see this team as constructed because you know you can sit here and talk all you want about how special the players on your team are again like i said before no one questions how talented the team is everyone knows that you know everyone knew that the wizards were more talented even last year as an eighth seed more talented than the number one seeded Raptors. It didn't matter because it doesn't. That doesn't always translate to being a better team. No, not right? exactly. And, and and even with Boston too. Two seasons ago, you go to Game Seven. The Washington Wizards. No one questions. Even Celtics fans. They don't question that the Wizards were more talented. The Wizards had a more talented team. They had more talent on the roster. Top end, high level talent, special players than the Celtics did. Did not matter. The Celtics had a better team. They had a deeper team. They had a better system. So, and they lost. It's time to stop talking the talk and walk the walk. And I think what John needs to realize is, what Wall needs to realize is, if they would just play well and live up to the talent that they have, like, I don't disagree with his point. I think me and you are on the same page there. Like, I agree, almost every team in the East that's got a superstar level talent like you know like a John Wall a Giannis like all of those teams should be salivating now that LeBron James is out of the Eastern Conference 
but I just don't see the point in him saying what he said. Like, what's the purpose? You like, it's I mean? not going to be a cakewalk just because LeBron left. If anything, that's going to be fuel for other teams to be like, okay, well, they're thinking the same thing we are. They're thinking the only thing that's been keeping this conference, like, you know, consistent is LeBron going to the finals. And now that he's not here, it's anyone's game. But it's a matter of chemistry. It's a matter of, you know, who wants it more. And it's just... It's just crazy because even in that interview, he recognized that chemistry was a huge issue for the Wizards last year. He said something like, you know, it was just guys all for themselves. That's what I felt. It wasn't the same as the year before when we were all having fun. It was hard to find any fun on the court. You never saw us smiling. No one was excited. I don't know. It was just weird. And if you don't know your roles, everybody wants to be the man. And when they do that just hurts and I guess my question for John Wall is what's going to be different this year we know that Dwight Howard arriving where Gortat left off is going to be a huge change in chemistry but what where what is going to help this team be so different because our core is mostly the same so I'm curious to see how the team will change in a way that will allow us to win in the ways that we've seen previously and we've seen flashes of these wins and I just don't know, okay, he recognized that, but what's going to be so different this year that is going to change? You know what I mean? No, you raise a, I mean, you raise a really good question. What is going to be the thing that can get this team back to having fun? Because this is not a team, it's not like the Spurs in their heyday where they win and they have a great amount of success by being, you know, going to work and being like, it's like a, a well-run business, and they're very serious about everything. This team wins this core with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre Jr., etc. They win when they're having a blast on the court, and they're, like, smiling, laughing. They're, they're chest-bumping. They're getting out and running. John Wall's, like, turning his head, doing no-look passes through a defender's legs, and that's the type of stuff that the team needs to get back to. And I just, you know, how do they, how do they do that? I think, you know, you, there was a time, not everyone agrees with this, but there was a time when John Wall was pretty widely considered the second best player in the Eastern conference. Um, A lot of what happened this year has caused that talk to fall off, but no matter what you think or not, John Wall is one of the better players in the Eastern conference. There's no question. He is talented enough to lead this team as constructed to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's kind of like you said, though. It's time to, you you gotta do it. It's time to stop talking. Just, Just do it. And it seems like he knows, he recognizes what the issue is. But, I mean, my thing is, okay, what's gonna be the implementation to make this work with this team? I mean, because Gortat was part of the issue, but, you know, it's not always, it's not just one person. So he's gone, but what's going to change amongst, you know, all the the players that were still there last season? What's going to be so different? And I don't have an answer for that, and I know you are probably just wondering the same thing, and that's, I mean, that's another thing, too, is that John Wall, he had said something in the news recently about him being a top five player and um there's no question about how talented he is it's just a matter of his capability of him to lead the team 
in a way that, you know, we know he can. Yeah, exactly. And last season it was hindered because of his injury and unfortunately because he did not play a lot last season it has brought up the whole Kyrie is better than Wall like you know argument on Twitter which is literally my trigger words (laughs) so (laughs) I just like it's interesting right because it's just so strange because to me it's like a no-brainer and without being biased it's like Wall he gets more assists rebounds steals blocks he basically does everything except for score, and even then, he's, well, he's not. Still he's, scores. He just. But he's see, not you, that. You bring up. You bring up the exact perfect point. I was hoping you'd bring up when it comes to the is he top five, because I you mentioned what's appealing about him, and even trying to be objective, which is impossible for me and you. We we are Wizards fans. We're going to be biased. Like of course, it, it is what it is. But. I don't think anyone questions – it kind of ties into what we were talking about before. No one would question if he's a top-five talent for at the point guard position. I don't think that's even up for debate. But it's it's consistency. It's when he doesn't care on defense, even though he's capable of being maybe the best perimeter defender on planet Earth when he's locked in and engaged. It's just when is he going to be locked in, right? Like, it's, it's so inconsistent. Um, but to your point – when I think of a point guard, I think of someone who does everything and does everything well. And to your point, John Wall, play he gets steals, he gets blocks, he scores, he facilitates, he sets the table, he rebounds. He does everything. But he gets overlooked because of team success, because of uh, missed opportunities when it comes to living up to expectations. I think that when you ask the question, who are the top five point guards? There's so many factors that go into that. It's almost impossible, right? Like, I mean, Becca, you know what I mean? When you put, for example, some people would put Damian Lillard in there, right? Right. And this is just an example. Damian Lillard is certainly a worse rebounder than John Wall. Um, He is a defensive liability. He has good handles. I wouldn't say that he's got a better... I wouldn't say he's a better ball handler than John Wall. I think they're both very good. Um, He doesn't block shots. He's not an outstanding facilitator. His career average hovers right around six assists. Um, The one thing... So, But here's the thing. What does the Blazers team need from their point guard? Right? Right. Damian Lillard's really, really good at scoring the basketball and shooting. He's a shot creator for himself, just like Kyrie Irving. Both of them are very similar. Elite at creating shots on their own and making shots. And that's not what John Wall does. John Wall is like your prototypical point. He makes everyone around him better, and he does everything. There's not one thing on the basketball court that John Wall is bad at when he's peak John Wall. The other guys that we're mentioning here, when you talk about like a Kyrie Irving, a Damian Lillard, etc., they actually have huge glaring weaknesses in their game, but their one skill is so insanely elite that people kind of overlook their their flaws in their game. So I, I think team context matters. I think 
what like what does the team need the player to do? And in, in the Wizards' case, it's kind of sad, but they need John Wall to do everything. <laughs> Absolutely, chance. you're right. I just um, I just don't understand the argument because if you're looking at okay, what is a point guard? What is the definition of a point guard? A point guard directs traffic, okay, and it's like yeah. Kyrie. He gets a lot of um, credit, and it's. I'm not saying we should overlook the fact that John Wall does not have the most prettiest jump shot out there, but it's kind of like Kyrie is flashy. Kyrie has the great ball handling. Kyrie can score. He's more clutch, but if you're looking for an overall player point guard that will set up his teammates, get the job done, keep the ball moving, and, you know, just basically facilitate everything on the court, it's John. So it's just, like you said, it's based on the team's needs, but to me it's frustrating that he gets overlooked so much, and I'm hoping that this season the team will be able to mesh in a way that will allow people to see, like, hey, like, he is – you know, he is a top five point guard. He is up there and, you know, they won't doubt him so much or give him so much, you know, crap yeah. because he's not, you know, a great shooter. But yeah, I hope, you know, hopefully this season will trend the the way we want it to instead of the potential train off the rails, just fire, dumpster fire. Like, they, they could go, this season could be a disaster, or it could be an insanely satisfying season from a Wizards fan perspective. And I think it could be a good reminder to everyone about how great John Wall is. Um, I think me and you agree, though. Like, me and you look at the point guard position, we want the guy who's good at everything, right? Like, that's the thing me and you are looking for. I don't think anyone, and, and this is kind of the weird part about making a top five point guard list, I don't think anyone will sit here and tell you that when you, even if it's Kyrie Irving, even if it's, if it's, you know, Damian Lillard, no one would sit there and tell you that those guys are more well-rounded players than John Wall. Cause it's really not even close. John Wall is a better overall basketball player. When you look at the, the full encompassing skill set that he has at his disposal and the impact he has on the teammates around him and how he makes it easy for them and makes them better. But that's because me and you look at the point guard and we look at, okay, he's that prototypical guy. You know, he's like the new age John Stockton, right? Um, the next iteration of a Chris Paul type player, albeit not as good of a shooter. I think people would agree with us on that, but then they would look us in the face and tell us, but that doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that Damian Lillard has to be pulled in the fourth quarter late game because he's a defensive liability. It doesn't matter that Kyrie Irving can't anywhere, not even in the same stratus, like the same universe, cannot facilitate and pass even remotely as well as John Wall. I think people don't necessarily care about well-rounded skill sets anymore in today's NBA. And there's a precipice, there's a, there's a priority placed on shot creating and shot making right now. 
And a lot of that has to do with Steph, right? I mean, it, it does. It has to do with Steph. He's and, definitely and once, set the tone. And once tone. again, the Warriors and Steph, they've ruined everything. Nothing is fun. And I hate basketball. We hate basketball <laughs> now, you guys. And let me tell you something. If this season is going to be a sequel to last season, then this is going to be a very unpleasant podcast. I'm not saying you should subscribe, but I am letting you know that we are not going to be happy and this is going to get real ugly real fast. I mean, I, I think I think John Wall is going to have a really good season. He needs to stay healthy, and that's really the main thing. He's kind of mentioned that much, but I think John Wall is going to have a very good season. He's going to be, he's, he's already... He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He's coming into the season for once, not looking like he's overweight and kind of chubby. He's actually kind of ripped right now, and he leaned he's out. Lean. I think he, he, mentioned, he mentioned to Chris Miller that he is he's he's lost about twenty pounds. So, I think he's going to have a great year, and he's got all the tools around him. It's just time for him to. He's he's been so close for so long to fulfilling his potential, which is like a top five, forget about top five point guard. It's like top five player. That's his potential. And, and he's 27. He's close to being, you know, almost like he is what he is at this point. But if he can just kind of have a season where it all comes together and he has any, and he has a healthy year, he's gonna, people will begin to notice him again and he won't have to worry about people questioning if he's top five or not. He, again, it comes down to, just produce on the basketball court everything else will fall into place you know what and my goal for john wall is to be in the top 10 nba jerseys purchased by the end of the season because he was a couple seasons ago and it would just That'd be cool yeah. because it's just like you know like because people like you've said it validates what you've said about you know people were recognizing him at a point and i think this season will be a great opportunity to gain that respect back from people as long as we keep the talking to a minimum right (laughs) yeah i mean just just don't talk stop just john we love you but just you know take a chill pill for a sec like you know we just gotta let the game speak for itself and um i think that pretty much wraps it up we would love to hear your thoughts on the schedule for the season we want to know what you guys think we want to know what you think about what john wall has said to yahoo sports and as always you can find the podcast twitter at locked on wizards you can find me at at becca mvp and i will get this right this time you can find ian at the real ian underscore e yeah finally it only took me like a hundred yeah round of applause it only took me like 300 times to get it right but i am fine um that being said (laughs) you know you know i didn't mean anything by it i'm just the underscore just throws me off a little bit but i've got it now and we're ready to roll so thank you guys for joining us on this edition of locked on wizards part of the locked on network and we will see you soon Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you always, KB. Do you love me? Are you riding?